We're the Flyover Yogis, a group of Midwest friends sharing practical, everyday approaches to yoga, wellness, lifestyle, and everything in between as we live through them ourselves, yoga on and off the mat. We are Lindsay, Gina, Jordan, and Megan. We work to create authenticity in everything we do. And we're sharing our experiences with others to inspire mindful living, no matter your home state. Today on the Flyover Yogis podcast, we're going to talk about starting a yoga practice. Many times when you're starting a yoga practice, it can feel very overwhelming. Overwhelming. <laughs> you can choose from a variety of studios in your area, variety of styles in your area, maybe different styles at the same studio. Then there are the different classes. The classes all have different names. And then there are the different teachers that you can choose from and everything right down to the time of day that you can go a yoga class. And then there's your online yoga practice. If you go to YouTube and type in yoga videos, millions of yoga videos and thousands of yoga teachers teaching those videos pop up and they all have different types of yoga or styles. There is yoga for weight loss and there's yin yoga and there's vinyasa and it can be really overwhelming if you do not know what any of these so today we're going to talk about our experiences with different styles of yoga, different teachers in different classes, and the good, the bad, and hopefully not the ugly of what those different experiences for us as yoga practitioners and also as yoga teachers have been like. So, I mean, I look pretty ugly coming out of hot yoga. Yup. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I don't know that anybody looks glamorous coming out of a 99 degree, one hour hot sweat. I'm like mm-hmm. just like literally taking my sweat and like wiping my hair out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just mm-hmm. not pretty. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about hot yoga first. Gina, you mentioned that hot yoga is, um, you know, at the particular studio in our area that does hot yoga, um, there is a about 98, 99 degree practice. There are some other studios in the area that do a warmer yoga, um, 85 to 88-ish, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so what is hot yoga? What are the benefits of hot yoga? And do we like it? So there's a couple different facets, we'll call them, of hot yoga. Um So starting yoga teacher training, and I think I can speak for all of us when I say this, I did not know that there are different types of yoga. I thought yoga was yoga. Mm -hmm. I thought if you walked into a yoga studio in Colorado, it would be the same exact type of yoga that we do here in Wichita, that you do in India, that you do in London, that you do in Peru. I did not realize, um, naive or just not knowing, that there were different types of yoga. And I think that there is a yoga practice for every person And I would encourage people who are maybe interested in starting a yoga practice or who are just beginning their yoga practice that if you have an experience that maybe wasn't an overall positive experience for you or that maybe wasn't um, the best experience in the world to not discount yoga, not just to write it out because there is a Baskin's variety, Baskin's Robbins variety of different types of yoga um, studios, teachers, practices, styles out there and to not just go to one studio and say, oh, well, I didn't particularly like that class. I don't like yoga Um, because when I did yoga at home, I probably flipped through 30 different yoga teachers on YouTube before I found yoga with Adrian. Um, And there was a couple of videos where I was like, I don't know that I really like this flow. And if I would have just stopped there, I probably would have never done 
yoga, I probably would not be sitting here with you. But I did go to the studio where we all did our training, 99 degrees, and it's always 98, 99. Um, It is a little humid in there, and of course, everyone's sweating. I think the average, this is a guess, kind of a guess ponder, the average class size is about 30 or 40. I mean, it's a pretty large studio, if not more. I think the actual studio can actually fit like 60 people. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, I so. mean, it's quite large. And so you think about it's 99 degrees and you have all these people stuck in a room. Sweating next to each side. other. That's sweating next to each Puddles. other. Um, <laughs> you know, that's breathing. So you have all this hot air that's being, you know, exhaled expelled. through everyone. Expelled. <laughs> and Sometimes people fart in hot yoga and it is like everyone in that room is going to die. Okay, yeah. real quick. And I have, I have done up. that. I've farted in hot yes. yoga and I almost killed everyone in the room. If you have gone to yoga and you have farted for the women, if you've queefed, like please do not feel it's like normal. I can never do it again because literally all of us have done it. Mm-hmm. You are moving your body. You're twisting. Yep. So that's messing with your dige- digestion. Like, Please do not Mm -hmm. let that keep you from doing yoga because anyone that tries to make you feel bad about it has probably done it 20 times in their life. Yeah, and they're assholes for trying to make you feel bad. And also, as have you guys had people in your classes, have they farted in your class? Or I've had some people, more people burp, I think, like when we're doing like tummy poses. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially, um, I've done some like lunchtime classes in the summer. They were like, oh, sorry, I just had lunch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it does, it messes with you. So, and I know I have done it and I've had people do it and nobody in class laughed I heard it and I didn't laugh and I was just like wow that was very mature of me for not doing that (laughs) because I am a child so yeah so anyway totally normal and but it just does can be very stinky in a hot room yes (laughs) so valid (laughs) my cousin was the one that got me into hot yoga she took me to the studio and I distinctly remember taking the class and she farted Oh, really? And it called out on the podcast. It was, no, because there's, there's, there's a reason. (laughs) And I mean, it was like burritos. You heard it. I heard it. And I kind of looked over at her and she was like, oh my God, I just farted. I was like, yes, I'm looking at you because I heard that. And a couple of weeks later, we were in a pose and we were twisting and I had no control and I let out one and I was like, oh, and she just kind of looked over at me and we kind of giggled. And so we had this running joke where one day she looks over at me and she's like, man, I feel like I'm just polluting everything. And I was like, don't pollute the namaste. (laughs) And it was our running joke. So that year for Christmas, I got her yoga mugs, like coffee mugs that said, don't pollute the namaste. Oh my God. (laughs) But actually, if you do pollute the namaste, it's okay. No no one's judging you. And if they do, then they should just, you know, like get a life. So they should stay on their own yeah. mat. That's what's happening. Yes. There. Yep. Stay on, stay on your own mat. But aside from flatulence in the yoga practice, <laughs> um, you might hear us talking about this hot yoga practice and think, good lord, why would anyone ever want to do that? There are quite a few benefits from practicing hot yoga. Um, one is that you are sweating the entire time, so it is a nice detox. Um, That being said, probably don't eat two hours before you practice. It's not necessarily great for you because, again, flatulence and other things. I have seen somebody puke in hot yoga class um, because they ate right before. And I don't think they were aware that it was a hot yoga class. But for me, I find that doing a hot yoga class, and maybe you guys can chime in on this, some of the postures that I can't necessarily do at the beginning of class, I find that at the end of class, and this isn't just too hot yoga, but I think especially with the hot yoga, um, because of the extra heat, my muscles are warm and yes. I am warm. 
so that at the end of class, when I stay around and I play around on my mat a little bit after class is over, I find that I can get deeper into some postures because I am so warm. Right. Yeah. And so there is that benefit from hot yoga. Um, It also adds a very challenging side to hot yoga that um or yoga in general that I wasn't expecting as we mentioned in an earlier podcast it is kind of a misconception that yoga is just stretching and it's boring and whatever else uh I encourage you to take a hot yoga class and then see if you feel that way because you won't it's very challenging the heat adds the extra challenge it adds a little bit of athleticism that you probably wouldn't expect from the practice and I know we all fell in love with the heat um, which is why we did a heated vinyasa yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. Um, with that being said during our yoga teacher training we were exposed to several other types of yoga Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Megan to talk about one of the other types that we learned put on the spot spot. I'm going to pass the baton to Jordan (laughs) (laughs) we're just going around the table now well and actually I definitely want to get into that, but even to take it a lot more basic for people, literally just when it comes to starting a practice, um, I have a very real example because I've uh, practiced yoga regularly for um, three or four years now, and I finally got my sister to start coming with me to yoga. And so for years and years and years I practiced and she would never come and she finally came with me and it was very yeah. basic like drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> she's like do or I bring computers. shoes yeah <laughs> yeah sorry no that's okay um uh, but no like some people they don't know they don't want to start because they don't want to mess with the I don't know they don't know what the vibe is supposed to be they don't know what they don't have expectations what it's, what's kosher like yeah. whatever term you want to use there yeah expectations um, that's probably a better word, expectations. And so, like, she's like, what kind of clothes do I wear? Like, do I wear shoes? And stuff like that. And it, like, one, just Google that kind of stuff. Like, it's really, like, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're wanting to get started, find a studio that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wear socks or shoes into the practice. Most likely they will have mats for you that you can rent. But check the website because they might say that you don't. Um, you can buy a really cheap one on Amazon or Walmart. Not that I support Walmart, but if you want to just get a cheap yoga mat to get started your practice, then I'll, by all means, please Go do. for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's some other really basic stuff? Because I don't want things like that to keep people from starting. You yeah. know, because they think that if I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, as soon as I walk in the door... I'm just going to look really stupid because that is a fear that so many of us have. Like we just don't want to feel stupid. And there's so many areas of your life that you think that could be. And in yoga, please don't let that be a reason for you to not start because the whole basis of yoga, well, maybe not that. For me, yoga is finding that self-reflection and just becoming more and more yourself. So I don't want you to miss out on that opportunity because you're afraid of looking stupid because you don't know how to start a yoga practice. So just yeah. thought I'd get that out there for everybody. Well, I think, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, I, I think, too, that uh, even just, like, the whole point of, like, the studio wants, the whole reason there is a studio is that they want people to come to class. They want to share the practice with you. They want to introduce you to yoga, if that's the case, and everything else. So, like, if you have questions or, like, serious concerns about something, and maybe if their website doesn't have the information you're looking for, just give them a call and ask. Or, like, you can stop by and be like, hey, I wanted to try a class, but I don't know if I need X, Y, and Z. I don't know what I, like, I don't know how it works. A lot of times, like, 
they are more than willing. They'll show you around the studio. This is where we do this yoga. Like, yeah. This is where the mats are. This is where you can put your stuff. Like, and they'll kind of like walk you through that like little bit. Or if you're worried about like other people seeing or if that makes you uncomfortable, get there early before a class where it's like you'll be one of the few people there to let them kind of walk you through and like to help you feel comfortable. The, t- the instructors and the studio, they should anyway, want you to feel comfortable and welcome mm-hmm. in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, And if they do make you feel, you know, if they belittle you, if they try and make you feel bad, if they're just assholes about it, then that's not the studio for you. Yeah. That's a yeah. perfect yep. test to figure out, mm-hmm. you know what, this is not the studio for me. Um, because and it's okay to leave. Be so serious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't have to stay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can, what's great is not using your time and energy and money at that studio means you can use all of those resources at a studio that is kinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And resonates more with you. Mm-hmm. And I receive messages sometimes from people who are local and maybe just people who find me on Instagram. Not many, but uh, people who are like, hey, like, uh, I see that you have kind of been on this journey as I look through your feed, um, people that I went to high school with, etc. And or, of course, total strangers. And they're like, this is really amazing. I didn't know that you did this. Or uh, how have you started? Or what resources would you recommend? And, um, you know, we are going to start creating our own resources, uh, videos, things like that, tutorials for our listeners. But in addition to that, you know, before we started this journey, I would often recommend YouTube or I would, um, if I was familiar with the location where the person was messaging me from, uh, for example, some people in my hometown, there's just the YMCA that does yoga and it's during the day. And so there was a studio, um, close by in a city close by. And I said, you should check this out. Like if I were in town, I would go, I would check the studio out. It looks pretty decent. They have a variety of classes and, um, you know, a lot of people are just looking for a home practice. So, you know, we do get messages from people asking for resources and it may not be that that person comes to my class physically and that's okay, but uh, reach out to us. You know, if you have questions, a lot of studios offer the first few classes, one or two classes for free. Um, there are often new student specials that people offer. So, so shoot your local studio a message, um, message YouTubers, message Instagrammers who post content because, um, you know, speaking for us, we're more than happy to answer those questions and um, I'm sure that other people are as well. So, you know, we've talked mostly about hot yoga right now, which is because that's because most of us teach or have practiced at a hot yoga studio because that's really what we love, those benefits of stretching, detoxing etc. Um, but there are many other styles and that does not have to be the one for you. Side note, I wanted to mention about hot yoga. If you do try a hot yoga class, I have noticed on some studios websites, they don't tell you to bring a towel. They would often have one there for you to rent. But when I first went to the hot studio, I didn't know that I was going to need a mat towel or even like a bath towel or something. Um, and I swear to God, I probably could have broken a limb because I was slipping (laughs) all over my mat Mm -hmm. so bad. So, um, that's something that, you know, they, um, a lot of studios have noticed, like if they do hot yoga, if you're a total beginner and you're like, how hot is hot yoga? (laughs) You will sweat and they will have towels for you to rent. But if, um, they don't say that on your, on their website and you just want to like, you know, bring a mat towel or a bath towel or whatever. So yeah, just side note. So speaking of other styles of yoga, we've definitely established that we all took a hot vinyasa styled 
uh, yoga teacher training. And vinyasa is more of a flowing practice. And by flowing, you're not pausing throughout the practice. Um, once you start the practice, there's a continual movement until you end in shavasana. Um, there can be meditations included in that. There could not be meditations. It could be a really challenging practice. It could be a really easy practice. It just kind of depends. Um, vinyasa style is known for that flowing, uh, where you're connecting the postures from one posture to the next posture. They really flow together really nicely with the breath, with Mm -hmm. the breath. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of breath, um, tuning in with the breath, using the breath to guide you through each posture. But as we've mentioned, there's a lot of other different styles of yoga and part of our yoga teacher training, our instructor was very authentic to who she is. And she said, I want you guys to experience another type of yoga, but I personally do not practice it and I do not teach it. So I don't feel true to myself to teach it to you. So she had an instructor come in from out of town. This lady was amazing. She was a pilot. She was super informational and she practices Ashtanga yoga. And Ashtanga is um, a very, I would say, ancient type of yoga. Um, I'm speaking from what very little knowledge I have. I personally don't practice Ashtanga, um, but Ashtanga yoga is a primary series. And a lot of times if you find an Ashtanga studio, they'll have a half primary listed on their schedule or a full primary. And the full primary does go over an hour. And there is a certain order that the poses go in. So you will get the same order every single time you go into class, which is very different from vinyasa, where it's very creative in the way that the flow is always changing a little bit versus with ashtanga, it's always the same poses in the same sequence. Now, for me, that doesn't really resonate with me because I like the creative um, difference that vinyasa has. But I also know yogis who love vinyasa because they travel a lot or they just really hate trying to sequence their uh, flows at home. And so with Ashtanga, they know, they end up doing it so much that they just know the sequence to where they don't really have to think about the postures or what comes next or what do I do next or what's going to help me next. And so they just follow the series, the sequence that is Ashtanga. And we had this Ashtanga teacher come in and I really enjoyed her class. It was different. Um, But with that being said, it wasn't something that resonated with me enough to be like, I maybe want to look into Ashtanga after I finish training because I don't think I could do the same flow every single day. Um, But again, that's just my experience. And I know other instructors who love Ashtanga and that is their practice is Ashtanga. Um, In addition to Ashtanga, some people will also confuse hot vinyasa with Bikram. Mm -hmm. They hear the word hot yoga and they automatically think Bikram yoga. And Bikram yoga is a different type of yoga than like the vinyasa hot yoga. And I'd say it's a brand. It is. Yeah. Bikram is a brand. Um, You have to, yeah, you have to buy the rights to open a Bikram studio because it is a branded studio. Um, And there are Bikram studios across the nation. So the Bikram studio you go into California into should be the same type of Bikram class you go to in New York, LA, here, um, Oklahoma, wherever. Um, So it's like a mix between hot yoga and Ashtanga. Yeah, it's it's a mix between hot yoga and Ashtanga. Uh, I've personally never been to a Bikram class. I, without treading too deep into this, Bikram is not a person himself that I support because of allegations against him. Unfortunately, those do get brought up in the yoga world. And so for me, I 
will probably never step foot into a Bikram studio because I can't support that type of a brand. Um, and that's just for me, like I said, but I know people who've been to Bikram studios. We had a gal in our yoga teacher training who went to California to work with Google. Shout out Jessica. Uh, she had a really crazy, great opportunity to do that. And she said, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to go to a Bikram studio and I could hate it or I could love it. And so we were all very curious when she came back from her Google trip to see, you know, did she like it? Did she hate it? And she said it was different and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I enjoyed it. And you can enjoy a style of yoga without completely dedicating yourself to that style of yoga. I know for myself as just a yogi, somebody who practices yoga and somebody who teaches yoga, I've dabbled in 10 types of yoga over the last two years to really hone into my style. And so it doesn't have to be you are only practicing vinyasa. You are only practicing restorative. You are only practicing yin. And if you are that person that just only practices that, that's perfectly okay. You just have to find what's right for you. So what if, what other types of yoga have y'all maybe experienced or that you've heard about or that you want to try that you haven't had the chance to yet? Uh, one of my favorites that I practice occasionally, mostly at home, um, there are a few places that do this class in the area, but I just haven't had the experience of taking one, is yin yoga, Y-I-N. Um, so yin yoga is a class where postures are held for the purpose of super deep stretching. And often there are not very many postures in like an hour long class. Um, There's not specifically a set posture. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be the same ones each time um, as a stronger would be. Um, But the poses are held for, um, I think it's like at least five minutes is the time that people who teach and say that that's really the best um, amount of time to really get into the stretch. So for example, um, in a yin class, it is often really confused with restorative yoga, mm-hmm. which is a really relaxing, um, not a taxing uh, style at all. Like in restorative yoga, I don't feel as I'm as though I'm being stretched or exerting myself in any way. In fact, if you do feel like you're exerting yourself or you find any discomfort in restorative, a lot of teachers will say, "Let me know, and we need to adjust you." In Yin, that's different. Um, I would say that there is um, a point in yin yoga where the body probably feels a little bit uncomfortable and then the breath work along with the style is supposed to kind of help you push past that point so you know you'll find yourself in maybe some some forward folds against the wall to lengthen the spine or a um, seated wide leg forward fold to stretch through the center of the legs, the hamstrings, etc., holding half splits or, you know, heck, full splits for five minutes if that's your jam. Uh, (laughs) That would really hurt my knees. So uh, yin is something that I really enjoy doing because now that I have this awareness in my body of what my postures are supposed to feel like, I know what a deeper version of that posture also feels like. So for example, in a vinyasa style class, I don't often get to really stretch or deepen myself. Sometimes I do if we're there for three to five breaths, I can start to feel my body releasing and letting go and sinking a little bit closer to the mat in whatever posture I'm doing. Um, But yin is just, it's deep holds. 
And a lot of those things are meant to really stretch and lengthen the muscles, the body, um, the spine, etc. So most of those that I do, um, I don't even watch a video if I do them at home. Sometimes I am listening to music or I have something else going like a podcast or um, I watch a lot of The Office. Uh, I have that going in the background a lot when I'm cleaning or trying to go to sleep, which is so bad. I should not watch before I go to sleep, but I do. Um, so I find that it doesn't necessarily have to be a class, but that I'm just trying to kind of like stretch because it feels good. A lot of us sit a lot throughout the day or we have bad posture, whether we're sitting or standing. So I feel like for me, yin is something that I could definitely get into and I'd love to take an actual yin class and holy crap, if it could be a hot yin class, ooh, ooh doggies, <laughs> I would really feel like, <laughs> I, I would be like pancaked on the floor in all of my postures, maybe not, I don't know. So anyway, yin is something that I personally really, really enjoy. Um, another style I just mentioned is restorative and... Mm-hmm. I know. Have you guys all taken a restorative class? Yes. Yeah. Before. Yeah. yeah. So um, restorative is a lot of props. Um, Gina and I went to a restorative training up in Kansas City. Uh, it's been a couple months now, um, but we went to a restorative training um, with our teacher mentor Kelly which oh she's our yoga mom we love you we love you Kelly yeah so um she's amazing anyway so restorative yoga is not supposed to make you feel any discomfort at all it's supported with props um you'll see bolsters a lot of time um you'll see blankets you'll see blocks you'll if you don't know what a bolster is it's a big giant pillow basically Basically, yeah yeah. it's like a Mm -hmm. yeah it's not a stiff pillow but it's not soft either it's Mm -hmm. just a very supportive pillow Mm -hmm. about the length of the torso yeah it's about the size of that yeah so uh some people fall asleep in restorative yoga i've heard that from a lot of people actually Mm -hmm. like oh man it's like a nap and i'm like yeah i mean you know Mm -hmm. if that's what happens to you i personally have never fallen asleep in restorative but anyway so that's another one um i know that the studio that megan teaches at uh they do restorative workshops Mm all the time that's where i actually took my first restorative class and you know it's very it's supposed to be calming and relaxing and lovely and it is meant to basically restore the spine, restore the neck, restore the body, let it kind of just be supported and um, allow yourself to feel like you're not in this fight or flight response. And uh, the philosophy behind it is really that it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which uh, by the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system deactivates the fight or flight response. Like you have to be ready to go and ready to, you know, either get out of there or, you know, put your dukes up, I guess, like at any time, just helps you to kind of like calm down and to just restore yourself, um, to a calmer, calmer state. Mm -hmm. Totally. Very nice. See, what other, so one of the things that was incorporated in our yoga teacher training, it is a mainly a vinyasa studio is that if you go on the studio's website, they also throw in Ingar, which is like Mm -hmm. BKS Ingar. And Ingar Studios, like primary, primarily Ingar Studios, is when you focus on the use of alignment with props. And so it's really heavily focused on making sure that you have the bones stacked, that you're aligned in the postures so that you're safely engaging the muscles and the tendons and the joints and 
everything you need to hold the posture. And there's a lot of use of props. And when we say props, um, that's a word that's thrown around a lot in a yoga practice. And it's because there's a lot of different props. You have blocks, and these can be bamboo, wood blocks. They could be cork blocks. They can be foam blocks. You can pick them up um, for $5 all the way up to $20 a block. I mean, there's a block out there for everyone. But some studios will use these to help you get into postures, to help you find alignment for all sorts of reasons. And then there's straps and there's normally a six or an eight foot strap. And in certain poses where maybe you're reaching for the foot behind your back or even the hands clasped behind the back and you can't quite get there, um, a strap is your friend that you can wrap it around your foot, wrap it around whatever, or just use it to even get deeper into a posture. So we have blocks, straps. There's also yoga wheels, which are normally a 12 inch diameter kind of PVC type wheel and they're normally padded and it helps really open up in back bends like opening up your heart um, opening up the spine things like that and then there are also like Lindsay kind of mentioned in restorative there's bolsters uh, there's like the Mexican woven blankets that are placed on top there's sandbags there's blocks there's straps used in restorative there's a lot used in restorative um I'm trying to think of any other yoga props. Well, and I think it's important to mention too, because there's this assumption around yoga um, props that it's all, that props are meant for people that can't do the poses like they're supposed to be done, which yeah, that's is bullshit. so dumb. Again, and I'm like saying it like that because the whole like hard versus easy or like level one versus mm-hmm. level two, um, those are all relative terms. Um, so using a prop, you can use it if you, like Gina said, for help and alignment. If you need um, assistance in getting mm-hmm. into a pose, there is no shame in that. But you can also use um, props for getting deeper into a pose. So for example, yeah. if mm-hmm. you're seated and you go for a forward fold, bringing your forehead towards your shins, like a lot of people that's just not accessible in their body and that's totally okay. So they bring their hands to their shins. Um, but, but then there's also people who can reach their fingers like inches past their feet because they're that's so me. flexible. And so, yeah. And so then you can use the block to actually put it on the outside of your feet to which makes your legs longer so that you can get an even deeper bend into your stretch. So there's so many different ways, um, to use props that aren't. So just because you use a prop doesn't mean you're doing it less than right yes so doesn't mean you're a bad yogi or you're lesser than the (laughs) yogi on the mat next to you Mm -hmm. Um, there's no such thing as a bad yogi if you're on your mat you're doing whatever your body needs and I think that's an excellent point that Jordan brings up is I got to the point in my forward fold where I could touch my toes and I could wrap my hand around my feet and my chin was basically to my knees and I thought okay well what do I do now because my hamstrings still need lengthened they still need to get strength and this pose is doing shit for me. Like I'm, right. I could hang out here all day. This doesn't do anything for me. And having a yoga instructor go, okay, well that's not doing anything for you. What if we had a block to the top of your feet? What if we had two? What if we had a strap? What if, um, instead of having the block on the outside of your feet, what if you put a yoga wheel and elevate your feet and then try to reach for your toes? Ayo, hello, hamstrings. <laughs> and so, no, literally, it allowed me to get deeper, like Jordan was talking about, into this posture that I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm done growing in that posture, which I don't think you're ever done growing right. in a yoga practice. And I think one of the things that all of us are saying with any style of yoga that we've mentioned is that there's a benefit from it. There's a benefit from vinyasa, from restorative, from yin, from ashtanga. No matter what type of yoga you practice, you're going to get some sort of benefit out of it. So there's no better 
you know, yoga practice than another. There's no better style than another. It's all of what resonates with you, what works for you and what works for your body. There are days where I kind of throw alignment out the window and I do more of, um, like a really flowy, almost dance type yoga. Um, that's not how I teach, but (laughs) that's a lot of the times, um, it's really, I can't even say a lot of the times, it's pretty sporadic in my practice where I just want to wiggle out all the kinks and I just kind of move and I'm dancing a little bit in my forward fold. It's very intuitive. It's very intuitive. Mm-hmm. And that's not how my practice always is. And that's okay because I'm listening to my body. Mm-hmm. And I think if you take nothing else away from this episode of the podcast is that we're not encouraging you to take one yoga practice over another. We're just encouraging you to move and to breathe, which are like the core foundations of any physical yoga practice is we just move and we just breathe Mm -hmm. and anything outside of that your ego's getting the way Mm -hmm. let it go and uh adding on to that also just being curious about like because you may have heard us talking about a certain practice and you're like that does not like it's that does not sound like it's for me i'm just gonna totally avoid that you know maybe just try it yeah and you might be totally right you might totally hate it but you never know until you try it Mm -hmm. um so really coming from a curious, almost playful mindset. Open-minded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, it's because then you just chalk it up to experience and you can say for sure, this doesn't work for me, but um, that just gets you one step closer to what does work for you. And it's like um, the quote about the light bulb, with, you know, that Thomas Edison, where he's like, mm-hmm. so if I failed at making the light bulb, I don't see it as a failure. I've found one more way that doesn't work for making the light bulb or some variation of that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not the direct quote, but you get the picture. Um, so yeah. And we have all had bad experiences, um, at yoga studios in particular teachers classes at a studio that we may really like. And, um, you know, we, we've tried out a lot of, um, things that didn't work for us that other people have really, it does work for them. And, uh, so is there, is there any particular experience that stands out in your mind where you were like, this is how I kind of figured out it didn't work for me or, um, something that you can really think of? So I think that's an interesting thing to bring, bring up Lindsay, and I'm going to kind of segue, I'm getting there, but I'm kind of segue just for a second. <laughs> um, we are not gods speaking from a yoga teacher perspective. We're not gods. We're not perfect. We're goddesses. We're goddesses. Yeah. We're goddesses. Um, <laughs> And And we aren't even saying our classes would work for you guys, you know, like we know that. Yeah. So if you go into any studio, whether it's one of our classes, somebody else's classes, a class in Bali, and you just feel like maybe you didn't resonate with the teacher, you weren't clicking, there's just a weird vibe, it wasn't for you. It's not necessarily that that yoga instructor is a bad yoga instructor. They could have had an off day, they could have, you know, had something going on in their mind that's just really tackling with them. And so... Don't put your yoga instructor on a pedestal because we're human too and we're practicing just like you are. And so, you know, even if you have a bad experience at a studio with one instructor, most studios, about 100% of studios have more than one instructor. (laughs) Um, And there's a reason for that because each instructor, I mean, the four of us were trained exactly the same. We all sat in the studio, got the exact same lectures, words, whole teachings of everything but each of us teach in our own style because we're our own different person Mm -hmm. and so yoga studios have multiple teachers because each person brings something different to the studio so you know maybe if you just get a really bad vibe from a studio you know let it go go see another studio but if you like the studio and maybe you just had 
just a rough day with an instructor, you know, don't just discount the studio as a whole. Maybe go to a different instructor's class. Maybe try a couple of classes before you just discount the studio in whole because we're human as instructors. We do make mistakes. Uh, we do stumble sometimes. We do have off or bad days. And I think that that was something I had to think about tying back into Lindsay's question. I did attend a yoga class about a month ago and the transitions that were being taught from one post to another just weren't clicking for me. And I was like, get it together. You're a yoga instructor. Why can you not do these? And I think I probably had this instructor on a pedestal of my expectations of a yoga instructor. And I quickly, after getting done with the practice and feeling like maybe I wasn't for completely fulfilled from that class, like I felt like maybe I still needed to stretch my shoulders out a little bit or I was still stuck in my hips and I was just a little grumpy with like how I practiced the practice and doing that small reflection. I was like, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe it wasn't the instructor. Maybe I'm just having an off day. Maybe it wasn't the instructor having an off day. And so I didn't discount it as, oh, she's a bad instructor and this is an awful studio. I just thought maybe it's me. And you know, that's okay. Maybe I'm having an off day. Maybe this just isn't the studio for me. Maybe this isn't the type for me, but In my own practice, I went home and I tried those transitions again and they still weren't clicking. And then I thought, okay, maybe this is just a transition that I won't practice. Maybe this is a transition that I just won't teach because it doesn't work for me. Um, And I think that there's something to say for if you do experience a not loving class, I don't know exactly how to word that, a class that you're just not super thrilled about when you get out of class and you weren't just like, man, that was a really great class. I love that class. If you're just like, eh, that was an okay class. Maybe think about why it was an okay mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And then take those whys and maybe apply that to the next time you take a class. See if it's different. See if anything changes for you. See if, you know, you get a different feeling from the next class. Because I do truly believe there's a yoga for every person. Whether it's really slow yoga, whether it's really quick athletic type yoga, there is a yoga for every person. And so I think that there's not necessarily a bad or a good yoga class. It's just, that's what it was that day. Exactly. It's all your own perceptions and experiences that you're putting on it. And, um, so I'm really glad you brought that up, Gina, because that was even something that our instructor, when we were going to yoga teacher, teacher training talked about was that there might be just like with people that you just don't jive with, they're, neither of you are bad people. You just do not get along. And that's okay. It's totally valid. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a teacher that you just genuinely do not resonate with their teaching style. That is totally okay. That doesn't make them a bad teacher. That doesn't make you a bad student. You just you just want different styles. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, all totally valid. You do not have to be everyone's best friend. You yes. do not have to get along <laughs> with everyone. You do not have to love every t- style of yoga. Um Yeah, I think that that's a really great point, Jordan. And I know that another thing our yoga instructor that really I took away when I started teaching, I took away from one of her lectures, was that you're not everyone's cup of tea either. Mm -hmm. And so just because maybe a student comes up to you after class and says, you know, I didn't really like this transition, or maybe that wasn't the best practice for me, or, you know, anything like that. Don't take it as a, as a negative thing of, oh my God, am I, am I an awful teacher? Am I not good at this? Or, yeah, don't take it personally. Don't take yeah. it personally mm-hmm. because you're not everyone's cup of tea and not everyone's going to love you. You are not chocolate. Not <laughs> everyone's going to love you. Some people don't like chocolate either. Yeah, some people don't like chocolate either. <laughs> we don't talk about them. Yeah. No, and you know, that's okay. That's okay. And I think that's something 
as a yoga instructor and as yoga instructors, we take things in our yoga practice and our teaching, like Lindsay said, we're so vulnerable when we teach Mm -hmm. because we're giving a part of ourselves to our students. We're giving up our time. You don't get time. There's no extra time. You can't buy time. You can't borrow time. We only get so much of it. And we spend a lot of our time, weeks after weeks, months after months, years teaching. And we're giving a part of ourselves up when we teach. And to take yourself out of that equation and know that that time is not always going to be worth everyone else's time. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, but I think it's essential if you are a yoga instructor listening to know that you are worthy to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know your shit. Just do it. Own it. Go mm-hmm. with it because it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, the only way you could be a quote-unquote bad yoga teacher is if you stop teaching. <laughs> yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. just keep just keep doing you and um like Gina said just knowing that you're worthy and um which this is a totally different topic that we talk about in a different episode where like even if you're not standing in front of a studio teaching to a room full of people there are still a myriad of ways that you can still be a yoga teacher like mm-hmm. we've even talked about yoga with Adrian as an example mm-hmm. um which I think she does actually yeah I think she a does studio. a lot of workshops but, yeah. yeah but some mm-hmm. people it's you know it's digital and so um just sharing your practice and your journey with people is still a totally valid way for you to yeah, teach yoga. And, uh, you know, all of that being said, we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel unwelcome in a particular studio or in a teacher's class, then I think Gina had a good point. Make sure that you reflect on that. And sometimes I think we project things on other people uh Mm -hmm. if we're having a bad day and you're like oh they just had a bad vibe it could be you that has the bad vibe but also it could be them like really honestly truly like so I think that just that self-reflection is really important and um I know that you know there I have heard from people who've taken classes in other studios that have talked about being made to feel uncomfortable by a teacher and um, I've heard from a lot of people that they've been made to feel uncomfortable because of weight that they felt like accommodations or help was not provided to them that it was yoga is like a one-way sort of thing or way to there's only like one way to do it or whatever you have to be skinny to practice yoga and that's not true yeah Yeah, that's totally a misconception we've talked um about misconceptions in a previous episode and that's something that yoga is absolutely for every body type and um ability level you know if you are um bound to a chair uh, if you cannot even get on the ground there is chair yoga Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. there's so there's so much that is out there and so if you're made to feel that you're not worthy because of any sort of limitation that you have uh then you should definitely seek other options and don't discount yoga and if you're struggling to find out what those options are uh reach out to us because between us and the resources that we have available to us uh we can help you to find something that works for you Mm -hmm. so yeah for sure so did anybody have other thoughts on this topic or I think the whole kind of point of this episode that we're talking about these different styles of yoga these different types of yoga um going into a yoga class coming out of a yoga class all of that jive is just try it you never know unless you try and for all of us if we wanted of taken the step and it's 
it's scary to try new things. As an adult, you know, as kids, you're like, whatever, I'll try this thing. I got it. It's new. It's wonderful. As adults, we're very comfortable in our day-to-day lives. We don't like to change. We don't like to fail. We don't like to fail. Mm -hmm. And the greatest advice I can give you as both a yoga student and a yoga teacher going into a yoga practice is comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare yourself to the teacher. Do not compare yourself to the student on the mat next to you and just enjoy your practice and just enjoy being on your mat and going through the motions and breathing and whatever you pick up and take away from that class, take it, enjoy it, live it. And if that's, you know, I don't like that flow, then take it, learn from it. And I think that there, I truly do believe, like Lindsay said, there's a yoga for everybody, every body type, every person, every thought, there is a yoga practice for that. And so don't shoot yourself in the foot by just going to one place and going, oh, it was awful. I'm never doing yoga again. (laughs) Don't be a Debbie Downer. Pick yourself up. Try it again. And you know, maybe yoga isn't for you. And that's okay too. You don't have to be a yogi to listen to this podcast. You don't have to be a yoga instructor. You don't have to be somebody who practices at a local studio. You don't have to be somebody who practices in their living room. You can be somebody who's just interested in the philosophy of yoga, interested in why it's so popular, interested in how we live it and how others live it, you know, on and off the mat. And so you don't have to be any of these things to listen to this podcast. And you don't have to be any of these things to be a yogi or to walk into a studio you just have to be you and you just have to be willing yeah a freaking good point Mm -hmm. yeah well we would love to hear your thoughts on what your favorite style of yoga is or if you're struggling to find your style of yoga if you need some resources give us a shout you can reach us at uh, by email at hello at flyoveryogispodcast.com or you can dm us on facebook or instagram at flyoveryogis and that's all for now Namaste. Namaste.